Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Ben and Chris Talk Sports. I'm Chris. And I'm Ben. And we're here to bring you our opinions on the news, notes, and happenings from around the world of sports. Episode 139. Had to do a double take on that one. Didn't realize we were that far along. For some reason, I still think we're on episode, like, 50 sometimes. It's it's, it's crazy how time flies. Good episode for you today. Uh, we have some not so comfortable topics uh, regarding Trevor Bauer and Deshaun Watson. Uh, it... it, it <laughs> The Cleveland baseball team will go under a new name next year, uh, and that is not the name. Uh, the Packers' drama continues on as the Aaron Rodgers turns. And some uh, some other little tidbits that uh, from Ben. Uh, some college football teams may be looking for or finding a new home. Not necessarily looking. They, they seem to have found it. Whether they can get there or not is a different story. So we're going to get right into it. Uh, Trevor Bauer, we talked a few weeks back about how there was an allegation, uh, a sexual misconduct allegation against him. Um, has there been anything else about the actual allegation, or is it just uh, things from his teammates? I think it's just it's just ongoing. There's nothing new that I've seen that has come out. I think it's just continued, you know, this is the issue, and I, I think because it's probably got some – uh, the police department involved. I think there's a limitation on what information is being let out is, is what I think it is. Uh, so I don't really think there's much more to entail other than that the Dodgers have extended his leave and it doesn't seem like they're going to have him for the rest of the season or even the postseason. Yeah, this, I mean, how, how things turn so quickly this guy is coming into uh, la as a defending nl cy young winner uh and he had an awesome year last year and i mean now he's not even on the field for him and it's it's i don't know see this guy this guy has always been very loud very opinionated but he wasn't somebody you had to worry about from like a legality standpoint like he would do things off the field to get himself in trouble as far as we know and the only reason I bring that up is because it, it just – I know I'm kind of speculating here. We don't like to do that, but I have a reason for it, not just to wildly speculate. Right. His teammates have to know more. For an entire team to essentially come out and be like, we don't, we don't want this guy back because they're not doing it publicly. This isn't a matter of, like, PC culture. Like, we have to agree with this. We have to assume he's guilty. These are, like – players this guy's played with who are saying to insiders kind of sort of off the record but not really off the record yeah we don't we don't want to see this guy back on the team there's got to be more to it but is that but is that you know the the stigma attached to the allegation or is that them knowing something that the rest of us don't i just don't know i think i think there's a possibility that they just want to detach themselves from him because of the allegation, I just I, I don't know if I were in that position what I would be because you, know, right. you have a you have your family, your friends, and they and look at you and say, okay, well, what's your opinion of Trevor Bauer? Because this is what we've heard, and they may want to distance themselves from him now. On the chance that he is found innocent and all these charges are dismissed and the allegations aren't true. Well, those guys are going to have 
to answer to Trevor Bauer and you understand that when Trevor Bauer uh, is loud and outspoken, he's going to be very, very outspoken. And if it comes true that he's on the right side of this, he's not going to, he's not going to hold back. He's going to unleash on anyone and everyone who did not support him in any way, shape or fashion. So I, I'll, I don't know what I would do in this, in this position. I would just say this is maybe how they're handling it because they just want to distance themselves in the off chance. But you could be right. They could know something that we don't know. Right, and I wasn't I wasn't trying to insinuate that that was definitely it. I was more or less throwing it out there like this is kind of strange because in other cases like this we don't we don't see this happen. You know, it's I, not. I don't think so. Yeah, I, I don't. I don't, I don't know. Have, I don't think we've seen it. Nobody the on the Texans is, is trying to uh, distance themselves from Deshaun Watson. Right. I th- but I think the here's, here's the advantage, though. Um, I think because the Texans are in the offseason and, and there's so much with the trade speculation with Deshaun, which we'll get into, I think um, there might be some of that taken away. And it's offseason again. Maybe yeah, there, that's a good there's point. There's not as much access, whereas – the Dodgers are playing every day, so there's access every single day. And, you know, it comes to a point where someone might get worn down and might say something to someone else who then says it to an insider. You know, I can see that happening. No, you know what? You know, that is a good point. That is a good point, honestly. I, I didn't I didn't consider that. You're, you're right. Whereas every single day they're in the spotlight because they are playing and the Texans have the novelty of kind of sitting under the radar right now because but they're the, not out there every Sunday. So that makes sense. But that'll change in September. The dog agrees, by the way. Yes, he does. Uh, that'll change in September because, you know, you can only do so much in training camp to kind of push people oh, back. Yeah. But yeah. As, as soon as week one starts, these guys are going to have, um, I think, Wednesday press conferences, um, availability before the game, availability after the game. So now the conversation is going to start. Especially if Deshaun Watson uh, is on the roster, but not active, that'll be the real question. Yeah, I uh, yeah, and again, I wasn't trying. I'm not. I'm not trying to uh, just wildly speculate or anything. But it was just a, my first thought when I saw that the teammates were saying that was man. I mean, obviously, being closer to him, they know more. Not like they're receiving full reports every day, but they they know him. They know yeah. more of his habits. They know more of his attitudes off the field. So, I mean, that's all I was trying to get at. It could be nothing. It could just be they don't want it to be a distraction. I just right. think they would have phrased it differently if that was the case. It wouldn't have been, we don't want him back under any circumstances. That, to me, is just trying to distance yourself from the human being, not the situation. But I don't know. Maybe the reporter took it out of context. Uh, maybe it's not what the person who said There's so many different variables as to how that could have meant to come out. I just think to say it that way, kind of emphatically, that we don't want him back under any circumstances is really just get this dude away from us. We don't want anything to do with him. Maybe not, but time will tell. The one thing we know for sure is as things are discovered and found out, because we don't know anything else about the allegations or the case. We weren't, we're not, we're not trying to rehash that uh, because it's, it's, Look, we can sit here and speculate. I'll speculate all day about a trade or a rumor or whatever because that's kind of what you do on a sports talk podcast. 
this is a case of sexual assault, uh, alleged sexual assault. We don't know the victim or the accused. We we don't we don't know enough to even to even form an opinion right now. So I think it's irresponsible, and I'm, I'm sure Ben would agree with me to even discuss it as anything other than hey, this is what's happening. Um, I just wanted to bring that up as far as the teammates not wanting him back because that I don't I don't know. To me, that adds another layer to it. So, all right. Anything else on this? No, I'm good. All right. The as they've been known for, I believe, the majority of their existence, uh, the Cleveland Indians will change their name to the Cleveland Guardians beginning next year. Uh, the team apparently decided, all on its own, uh, that it was an offensive term, but not too offensive to play an entire another season and get the merchandise money for it. So, <laughs> I don't know, you tell me. Is this a case of a team thinking they're doing the right thing, or just kowtowing to PC culture? It, it's, it's multiple angles, Chris. It's They don't want the... Because now that the the Washington football team has changed their name from the Redskins. So now they're off the list. Um, so the next closest would be the Cleveland Indians. So they're getting ahead of that on one. And two, it's a money play because now they see the advantage of now they'll get a initial burst this year and possibly next year on, on uh, guardian um, apparel and memorabilia. But, you know, Eventually, it'll slow down, but they'll get that initial burst. And it's perfect timing coming off of uh, with COVID hitting all the pocketbooks of every franchise in sports. It's not that far-fetched to think that, they're, that this, this kind of bump could help um, cut those costs down that they, they incurred last year. Uh, it's a little callous of me to say that, but the reality is... That's what it is. It's just, no, but, it's no, dude, no, no, it's not callous at all. And we don't have to sit here and pretend like we think it's some great, uh, noble thing they're doing. They're doing this so they can just stay out of the out of the out of the cancel culture, uh, which is in and of itself a ridiculous thing to begin with, because you can only get canceled if you allow yourself to get canceled. And the thing is, the same people who are going to quote cancel are not your target audience. Like the people who are sitting there, the people who are sitting there crying about this. Are, are are entitled white people who need something to whine about. Like, I could understand Washington. I we, we were, we're on the same page on that, I believe. I understand that's a derogatory term for a Native American. I am not... <laughs> I'm not at all arguing that. Indian? See, people came after the Braves. The Braves were like, yeah, we're not changing our name. Same with the Chicago Blackhawks. We're not changing our name. This is not an insult. This is a tribute, actually, because a Brave is a brave warrior. Blackhawk is a native tribe of the Chicago of that that area, I believe. Uh, I'm not trying to give a history lesson here, but I believe that's right. But people wanted to go after them too, and they're like, "No, Indians are like, oh god, yeah." You want to change your logo to be a little more modern? Okay, cool. Changing your name is just giving in to nonsense. It's like when the Kansas City Chiefs said, "Oh, we can't, we can't do the uh, the the battle cry anymore, or, or the chop, or the." Um, any of like the the whole the song the war dance song, why? Yeah, I, I believe they still do it too. Oh, they do it. They do it because everybody said, "Yeah, we're still yeah, we're that's stupid." And, and they're <laughs> they're they're um, limiting people on what they can wear on their face. Yeah, in the Kansas City games. Yeah. It's, it's fine. You want to do that? 
okay blow your hair out but I, I just don't i don't see the need to do this other than when we when we break it down it's just a money play and, and let me tell you chris this is this is exactly why the reason why they chose the guardians which by the way the logo I am regurgitating what I've heard from, from Sports Talk Radio and other places. So this is not an original thought, but I agree with 100%. This is a triple-A baseball team logo with a triple-A baseball team name. It's just – and it was pointed out that literally they changed the name from Indians to Guardians. It, it's very little change in the name, which tells you how creative they are. But this is this is the reasoning behind Guardians. Progressive Field looms in the background when facing the 43-foot Guardians of the traffic that has stood tall for nearly 100 years on the Hope Memorial Bridge. The sculpture meet, the sculptures are meant to symbolize progress, a concept that now trickles throughout the city's baseball. And I, I absolutely I remember seeing that too. Um, but what are those sculptures, Ben? What what are their sculptures representative of? I don't know. They are native. They are Native American stone Native American sculptures on the bridge. So they so they they really haven't changed anything. No, no, and that's my problem. It's like you haven't done anything. You literally just gave in to people who aren't your target audience, anyways, because you don't want to deal with it. When you're sitting there with packed stadiums and your your actual fans are selling it out, they're, they're selling out the stadium. There's no outcry to change the name from Indians. Are you serious right now? It, 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 it's, it's just some whiny people who need something else to be upset about. Who, <laughs> you know, are, are like, oh, what, what is the new thing now? Oh, this, this could be offensive. That could be offensive. Or just keep going on down the line. Let's just change everything. I understand if it's something, like I said, like the Washington, like the Redskins. I get that. A derogatory term. I, I, I do understand that. I really do. And I agree with it. Like, let's not let's not have stuff like that even floating around. Indian, Indian, like, Indian's not even. It's it's. It, I've never heard it used in a derogatory way. Uh, Chris, I just looked at a picture of what you were talking about. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, wh- what are we doing here? It is pretty much the. <laughs> if 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 here? you're going on the offensive scale, uh, the actual guardians, uh, stone Native American statues would be more quote offensive than the actual Cleveland Indians logo was. So let's not name it Indians. Let's just name it Guardians, which are just the name of the Native American statues on the bridge outside of the stadium. Uh, okay. It's it's like, let's just let's just cover it up. Let's just pull the sheet down over it. Right. Don't look behind the smoke and mirrors. And let's pretend we did this big thing to change it so everybody leaves us alone. And nothing happened. It's all these people now who are sitting there uh, complimenting them and, and, oh, good for you for doing this and good for you for being progressive and moving forward. Guess how many of them are going to buy a ticket? Zero. 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 And they're not going to pay any attention to them, whether their name is the Indians, Guardians, or the Cleveland baseball team. They don't care. They just want something to complain about. And, and, And how many of them are going to buy apparel? How many of them are going to buy memorabilia? How many of them are going to go on DraftKings and and do a a lineup for that day and pick Guardians because they like Guardians? Not even that's going to happen. Like this is 
See, I wasn't as incensed about this move until you just told me, oh, by the way, the sculpture you're talking about, yeah, it's a depiction of Indians. Like, yeah. that's... Now, now you're just... Now you're just being disingenuous. This is all I can yeah. say. Yeah, that's, that's like, the problem. Ch- change the name completely. Go in another direction completely. This is just... Oh, well, we don't really want to change it, but we're going to change it in this way. I... And that's, you just hit on the right word, disingenuous. And it's 100% what gets me. If they came out, if ownership came out and they said, look, this is a distraction. We've got a lot of people complaining about this. Uh, we're just, for the good of moving forward, we're just going to change this. Okay. But everybody who does anything now has to get on this soapbox right. and and... We feel it's time to move forward with these archaic and insensitive ways, and this and this, and have these big speeches and grandstand and and pat themselves on the back for being so modern and, and and progressive. And it's just like you're only doing it so people shut up. That's it. And and, and like you said, and it, it's it's a money play too. Now you can now everybody who all the diehard fans who were going to the stadium, the ones you don't chase away with your stupid name change. Which by the way, the name isn't bad. The name is fine. It's not like it's a, it's a ridiculous name or anything. I mean, like, it, it, and it has a tie-in. It actually, they, they call the statues outside the Guardians. So it makes sense. At least it isn't the Cleveland baseball team. So I, I, it's not the, the actual name I have the problem with. Again, it's just everything around it. It's like you weren't being pressured uh, to do this. It wasn't a derogatory term. You just decided, oh, boy, we don't want people who aren't paying us ticket who aren't paying to see us play anyways to get mad at us it's the same group that's universally mad about literally everything the professionally offended among us and we're going to change everything for that just so we don't have to upset them well they're not going to be in the stands and you know what after this some of your fans aren't going to be either i think your point um is enhanced by this little little tidbit of information and this is from Again, the same thing on MLB.com where I got that last quote. They did, they they, they surveyed, I'm sorry, 40,000 fans were surveyed and 140 hours of interviews were conducted uh, by fans, community leaders, and front office personnel, which, which pointed them towards the Guardians. 40,000. Chris, do you know the capacity of Progressive Field? Which is where the Indians play. It's funny that's the name is Progressive Field. Go figure. Uh, um, man, I'd say, uh, I think it's about a thirty thousand seat stadium, isn't it? Uh, Forty three thousand. Oh wow, really? Bigger than I thought. Okay. Forty three thousand. So you got now. We understand there's you know mo- um, people go every day, so there's you know not exactly forty three thousand new people every day, but I can imagine their fan base probably exceeds 600, 700,000 people, give or take. I'm just speculating. I don't know for sure. And you only got 40,000 people to, or you chose to only interview and, and survey 40,000 people. It seems like you didn't do your due diligence if you really wanted to engage your fan base in this conversation. And I think that's the point you just made they didn't engage their fan base they engaged the people that don't really care about baseball 
They yep. just care about the name and what it means. Uh, we've talked about this before. The Chiefs will be on the will be on the list. The Blackhawks will be on the list. Braves have already been on the list, and they'll probably stay there. Uh, I think we can. I believe the Blackhawks already have been, and they said, "Yeah, we're not changing our name." Right. So, so the, good for they're them. Still, they're still, but they're still on the list of of the PC culture to make sure it gets changed at some point in the near future. And I actually heard, I think it was on um, 98.5, the Sports Hub, which is a Boston radio station. The Warriors, the Golden State Warriors, if you look at their logo, it's, you know, clean. It's all about the city. I didn't look, but I guess at some point in the past, they had a, a warrior implication in it, which was tied to the Native Americans. And again, you see culture taking over. You know what though? I don't even remember that in my lifetime. Neither so I. I, I, I can say for that. See, that, that's what I meant by if this is just an organizational thing where they come out and they say, and look, selling new merchandise will always be part of it. But if they come out and they say, look, we have like a, a real statement that at least even if it isn't heartfelt, sounds heartfelt. Not this whole, we're so sorry for pretty much apologizing for anybody being white. I mean, I know some people are going to not like hearing that, but let's let's be honest. That's what it is. And it's like, okay, I understand, like I said, in, in the case of Washington changing their name, that needed to change. Uh, you're just going to come out and I, I don't know, man. It's just, it, it just feels so weird. This isn't an apology for or, or uh, changing it because they just thought it was the right thing to do. This is just so people who don't buy tickets anyways don't cry about it. And this is not, it's not, it's not a derogatory term. Like I said, if you want to update the logo, okay, touch it up a little bit and, and make it a little bit more celebratory, not just uh, stereotypical. Fine with that. I understand that even. Um, <laughs> but I mean, like, look at, look at like the Blackhawks logo. If I remember correctly, it's a Native American and, and a headdress. Uh, yes. Okay. So it's a Native American, essentially a Native American, looks like a Native American warrior due to the face paint. In a headdress. Yeah. That is not derogatory in any fashion. And I'm sure there's uh, some details in that that relate closely to the Blackhawk triad. Absolutely. I, 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 I would I would assume. I uh, mean... I, I'm going to backpedal a little bit on the Golden State Warriors because I, I just looked up their logo from 1946 to essentially 1962. Um, it was a caricature of a Native American. So I would say... Uh, they had every right to change that. Sure. Um, and then from 1962 to 1969, it was just a headdress. So I don't know. And then you could debate the 97 to 2010 um, logo is uh, obscure warrior, but I don't even know what to say to that. It's nothing offensive, but it's nothing crazy. But if it's offensive, and we can look at it and, and say it's offensive as, as a as a fan base, not as a you know a person chirping on Twitter, Facebook, right, right. whatever. Then fine, but if it's just someone chirping that never bought a ticket, never bought a baseball card, never bought a, a NHL sweater, never bought, never it, did any sort of thing related to the sport, it's just what. You can have an opinion, fine, but your opinion shouldn't 
factor into a final decision to change the name, change the logo, whatever. Yeah. And we've gotten, we've gotten to a point where a lot of that is happening. And there's a lot of culture that people, people who are, like I said, the professionally offended among us just want to anything that is anything. I want this taken off the label. I want that taken off the label. And yeah, sometimes, sometimes that's warranted. Sometimes something is a stereotype or a caricature of a people. And yeah, that absolutely update it. Make me update it. Let's not make it, let's not make it a joke. Let's make it something that plays in a positive way. This was not the case with the name change. Right. I mean, you could have updated the logo if you wanted to stay the Indians. I, I don't, I don't think there's any Native American groups out there that I heard that were clamoring for the Indians to change their name. This was all uh, uh, self-righteous white people on Twitter. Let's, let's just it, call it what it is. They removed Chief Wahoo from any any depiction at the game, uh, on the uniforms and the hats. Because I remember, uh, think back to Major League and Major League Two, the, the two movies. Chief Wahoo was in there, and at some point, I don't remember when, but we're talking early 2000s, they removed Chief Wahoo because it was essentially a caricature, which is fine. Yeah, I get that. That's remove, cool. Remove like, it. Yeah. They made it a clean, just a C for their logo, and, um, you know, Cleveland or Indians on the jersey, perfectly fine. That's what you want to do. That's what you want to do. But you made this move, and unfortunately, it's worse in, in your college ranks and in your high school local high school ranks where they're changing names well like to be like honest going through underwear some of those i've heard really do need to be changed so i understand some of those correct uh, some it's, are just again some are like this where it's just you know bending the knee to anybody who is, is offended by anything ever and that's okay that's 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 a slippery slope but some of them <laughs> yeah some of them i saw it i was like whoa how did that get by for years holy cow um but yeah this is no good luck to them that's fine i hope they hope they you know they're still going to sell tickets. And... I hope the Blackhawks and the Braves, you know, stand their ground on this because there's, you're you're honoring them. You're not, you you you've made some changes, but well, I just drastic. I can't wait to the Patriots have to change their name because liking America is going to get to the point where it's offensive. So I'm waiting for that one. We'll we'll, we'll have opinions on that if that. Yeah, that'll happens. be an episode in and of itself. Um, all right, you had some uh some college football news. So this is interesting, Chris, and this is causing there, there's there's uh, different sides of this because uh, there's a lot of money in play here. So supposedly the University of Texas and the University of Oklahoma are trying to move to the SEC. They are currently in the Big 12 Conference. By the way, that is huge. That is like even as somebody who's like a college football, like uh, let's just say a novice to be kind. And that's putting it lately. That even I know, that is that is big. Those are two very very historic programs, with a right. huge rivalry. By the way, so they're moving a huge rivalry. That is really big. I'm not gonna say too much. I don't want to ruin your steal your thunder. No, but no, I, no, that's no. just you're, you're, even you as somebody who is not big into it, knows. Whoa, if those two schools go. That is that is a huge deal. I I I can't tell you how much of it. I mean. So in recent history, it hasn't been that great of a rivalry because Texas has not been great. I have a a four years the last four year span. I am excluding last year because it last year was uh, a a change season, if you will. 
but the Oklahoma Sooners have been eight and one, eight and one, eight and one, nine and zero, and Texas has been five and four, seven and two, five and four, six, three and six, and in there, I think between uh, 2018 2017 was a head coaching change. But they are taking the prestige of Texas and the recent history of Oklahoma plus the prestige of Oklahoma and pulling, trying to pull them to the SEC. Where does that put the Big 12? Chris, I'm going to rattle you off the rest of the teams in the Big 12. And yeah. tell, me, tell me which one do you think is the biggest school. You have West Virginia, Baylor, Texas Tech, Oklahoma State, Iowa State, Texas Christian University, otherwise known as TCU, Kansas State in Kansas. That's the remaining. That's what's left over. Uh, what was your question? Would it be the biggest one? Who's the biggest? Who's the biggest name that you you the, the biggest school you think of out of that group? Uh, whatever it goes off one more time. I'm sorry. West Virginia, Baylor, Texas Tech, Oklahoma State, Iowa State, Texas Christian University, Kansas State, and Kansas. <sighs> I would have to say. Either TCU or Texas Tech, right? And maybe even West Virginia. But now you're you're essentially looking at a group of uh, of 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 these schools that are just and it's it's eight schools that are left over, and it, it leaves them kind of without a representation on the national stage. And, and right now you have Power Five conferences. That's the Big Twelve, the SEC, the ACC. The Big Ten and the Pac-12, those are the power five. Those are traditionally who get into the playoffs with some outliers, which is also why they're trying to expand the uh, playoffs. If this happens and Texas and Oklahoma are pulled out into the SEC, the Big 12 is going to get ejected from the power five. They'll never have representation in the uh, college football playoff. And that's dollars, TV revenue, oh, yeah. exposure, gone millions of dollars to your point one of the biggest rivals rivalries uh texas oklahoma that game that game gone um i still call it the red river shootout i don't care i'm sorry i call i call it the red river shootout too. that's that's I, it, I, yeah you know what you you can be offended if you want but it's the red, red river shootout and what we'll have is a revival of an old rivalry with texas and texas a&m because texas a&m is in sec so, Did they move, or have they always been there? Uh, Texas A&M moved years ago. Okay. Uh, it was a, a combo. I don't remember who else. And this is the other reason why there there's two teams going, because you got to balance the schedule. Right, right. So no, you can't bring one in. you got to bring in both. I know there was a while there. I, mean, I think it was back in like the, the, the late 90s, early 2000s. I, I think that my time frame is correct, where it seemed like there was a, a, a just a huge number of teams that just changed conferences. Yeah. Um, uh, I think Clemson. Well, at one point we had the Big East, and then when Miami, Miami, I think Miami moved, and that started the exodus of everyone else: okay. Florida State, Boston College, and then eventually Big East just dissolved into only being a college football conference, a uh, college basketball conference. Literally exists nowhere else but college basketball. Um. Here is a couple of factors, though, that come into play. Uh, there's a requirement for 18 months notice to leave. So this would not happen this year. Okay. There's, there's a possibility it might not happen next year. 
because they're they're still having conversations. There's TV contract implications. Um, there are some schools that would like Texas and Oklahoma to ride out the TV contract before they leave, so that way the all these teams can figure out what the landscape is going to look like after the two biggest teams in the conference leave, and that's a that's a huge deal because absolutely. TCU is tends to be up and down year in and year out with uh, their success. I'd say West Virginia, Baylor, same same manner. Uh, Texas Tech has had success, so they have to figure out where they're going to go and what this will do to the Big Twelve. Are they going to try to pull teams from other conferences? Are the teams in the conference going to try to move to other conferences? Because realistically, Texas and, and Oklahoma aren't moving location-wise. They're just moving conference. So you have Texas Tech, TCU, both and Baylor both still in Texas, and Texas is still going to take those recruits. Oh, yeah. Same with, yep. same with Oklahoma. They're still going to take recruits from Oklahoma State, Kansas, and Kansas State, and and it's it, it leads me to believe why some teams schools want that. I think the contracts like two or three years um, left on the TV deal. I think they want to look at their options and maybe you know a West Virginia moves to the ACC or you know Kansas Kansas state move to the AAC or, you know, the Texas teams kind of build their own conference or they move to the PAC 12 or con. Right. It, it is, there is so much we- happening with this move that, and then as I told you, this has implications to the NFL draft. Teams are going to look at the SEC totally different than if, if Texas and Oklahoma come into play. Dude, the SEC is already three-quarters of the first round anyways. Like, it's going to be, be crazy. <laughs> Everybody who all these big teams leave behind in these conferences, these conferences they have to dissolve, they should just create like their own little island of misfit toys conference. <laughs> It'll have like 70 schools that like all the big boys left behind. Well, that's essentially what um, I think Conference USA and AAC is. It's just these different conferences got, got dissolved because other teams went to other mm-hmm. ones. The big East is, a uh, uh, the AAC is, uh, got a lot of pieces from the big East and other conferences. And it's just, that's what happens yep. when big, the big boys leave to go to a bigger conference to get more money, more exposure, more opportunity to get into the playoffs. Playoffs. That, that, that leaves them to create their own, but, I think the biggest, the biggest thing down the road, that even if this happens, that can help other teams is the expansion from four teams to eight in the playoffs, and it's a little different than say the college basketball tournament because this, these guys, it's a violent sport as right. we know we right. discuss. Putting more games in front of these players. It can affect their careers down the road. So I would just. It could, but I think if you say you have to win three games instead of two to win the national title, I don't think anybody have a problem. I think these guys would want to go out there and do it. 
if it was like if they say let's go to 16 teams then you're talking about a whole different ball and you're talking about a whole another month and w- way more physicality right i mean anything can happen on any play so an entire game is still a risk but i mean i think going to eight games would be just just i don't want to this is what this is about but i personally think going to eight games would be incredibly good are, for the entire sport eight games are eight teams eight teams excuse me eight teams sorry okay. I, 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 yeah. I actually I meant, agree. Yeah. I agree with that 100% because you can get representation right. from a lot more conferences and you see who the true champion is. I don't think it would elongate the season too much more. Not one week. Uh, and this is the other factor that the, the and I, I hate to invoke their name, the NCAA, uh, have to factor in. You owe them $10 now. Uh, they can come try to get it from me. Um. You have to factor in you're going to start trickling into the NFL playoffs. And I don't know how the NFL is going to feel about that because there is an attraction for the um, college football playoff, especially when we're talking about um, betting, uh, DraftKings, all those sites. They're going to attract attention. I don't I don't know how yeah. that would uh, how that would resonate with the nfl front office if they went a month playoff well here's here's my thing um i don't believe the nfl gives them any money so unless they want to start paying them they can go piss up a rope um (laughs) but there isn't i could be wrong here but it seems to me that between like the conference championship games and the starting of the playoffs there's kind of a two or three week down period yes you don't have to put that that final what would essentially be that final round of games on the back end and, and go into the NFL playoffs. Once you put it on the front end and have like a two week layoff instead of three weeks or a month, I'm sure these guys don't want to sit there. I mean, I'm sure they want to heal up and, and, and feel better, but they'd probably rather just keep playing as opposed to having two three weeks a month off and then having to go back out there and beat themselves up again. Like, let's I just keep it that. going. I would think that would be something that you put it to a vote players and probably coaches would all agree with wouldn't affect the money at all they'd still get a few weeks off in between the conference championship and playoffs beginning or, or bowl season starting whatever you want to call it that's i don't know that's just that's just a newbie's uh a newbie's point of view i i think if if we keep if it goes to eight i think we're good there i think your point when it gets to 16 oh yeah that's too much yeah now we're we're talking about not just maybe an extra week but an extra two extra weeks and now you may not get that break in between, if you do what you're saying. Right. Um, and you may need to increase. And they may want a week in between the uh, semifinals and the college football championship. So, yeah, I don't think it could be any more than any more I, than, I uh, than eight. eight. The, yeah. yeah. Unless you want to start getting into bye weeks and this and that. And that's a whole other thing to figure out. Uh, I think eight would be perfect. But, but I think the implication here to, to kind of wrap it up. With Texas and OU, I think it can be catastrophic for the Big 12. Oh, yeah. I think the 18 months required notice leave, unless they pay make, make a major payout to these schools, which I don't think they'll do. I think it gives the Big 12 conference a chance to say, okay, what teams can we look at at Conference USA, AAC, Pac-12, whatever who wants to come in and see if they can you know bring some prestige to the big 12 because once texas and ou leaves 
honestly, I don't see this conference lasting long unless they get an infusion of talent, uh, an infusion of schools, and realistically some way to get their team into the college football playoff. And that would be a, a single dominant team running the running the table on all these teams and having a 9-0, 10-0, 12-0 record going into the playoffs because that's all I can see. Yeah, it'll be interesting, and I, I agree. That conference will be in a lot of trouble if those two teams that decide to, to move on to the SEC. However, uh, <laughs> I got to say, if they did, just based on history alone, even though those two schools aren't necessarily what they used to be, that would probably make it the greatest conference in the history of college football. Oh, absolutely would. Um, all right, I want to switch it up a little bit here. I had I had the, the ongoing Packers drama next. Um, for the sake of a point, I want to make during that that discussion, I'm going to switch the last the last two topics around. If you don't mind, sure. um, we're going to the Texans. The Texans are apparently now open to trading Deshaun Watson. Where they've been. Uh, well, here's the thing. All off season, they sit there and said, we're not trading him. We don't want to trade him. He's our guy. We just saw him do an extension. They had the entire draft season. They apparently had teams inquiring the entire entirety of the time, even after he had the numerous, and we're going to get to that, the numerous sexual assault allegations against him. Uh, and in fact, charges have been filed. It isn't just allegations at this point. There is actually charges being filed. Correct. Um, now whether, look, we still don't know, but I mean, look, there, there, there's got to be something there. There's a lot of allegations. Um, they, the Texans brought in a couple quarterbacks. I believe they even drafted a QB. Still maintained. We're not trading to Sean Watson. He's our guy. Uh, and, and and now they say, oh, yeah, we're shopping him around. Starting price is three first-round picks, and we've been shopping him around for a while. It's like it just makes you look stupid. We already we we all knew you were trying to move him, right? We knew that, and we all knew that the reason that you weren't able to is because soon those allegations that nobody wanted to touch him with a ten foot pole until they knew more, and rightfully so. It just makes your organization, after the whole Bill O'Brien debacle, just look even more incompetent. Because it, it, it doesn't matter if the fans the fans all knew you were trying to move him. They knew when you have a player of his caliber who's like, I don't want to play for you. It's not a matter of like an Aaron Rodgers who look on the field. You can argue who's more talented, Aaron Rodgers or or Deshaun Watson. There's more history with Rodgers. There's MVPs. There's Super Bowls. So I'd have to I'd have to pure talent, not just athletic ability, but pure quarterback talent. What you want in a leader uh, ugh, pains me to say. You kind of got to go with Rodgers. Um, it's a little bit different seeing as you might not get three first round picks seeing as even though he's super talented, he is 38 years old. Watson's in his early twenties. He has the prime of his career yet to come. He could be even better than he's already been. And he's already been really, really, really good. If you get three first round picks for him. So to sit there and say, you're not trading him or you're not even listening to offers is just BS for the sake of BS because all the other teams, if you're actually shopping him, they know you're shopping him. They know because you're talking to them about trading them. So you literally just looked like fools the entire offseason. Lied for, for, for no reason. And now you're like, oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Joke's on you guys. We have been trying to trade him. And everyone's like, yeah, we know. We know. 
I think the problem I have, Chris, is when Nick Casario came in and then hired David Colley as the head coach, after those conversations, there was still information coming out that said, okay, he still wants to be traded. At that point, your clock your, your clock is ticking. Yep. Now, could they have predicted the Deshaun Watson allegations? No. But you know what? When 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 a team pushes a, a sweetheart deal in front of you, and you have a player that commands that value, if that deal came in front of them, which I believe a deal of that magnitude came in front of them. I do too. And they didn't want to do it because we don't want to move on from Deshaun. Nick Casario wants to start off with Deshaun Watson as his iconic franchise player. And I can understand that. But if he doesn't want to be there, he doesn't want to be there. And I understand we'll talk about Aaron Rodgers next and the moves they're making, but there's more history there. And I think the difference will be Deshaun's relation to ownership as opposed to Aaron's relationship to, well, ownership is the Green Bay Packer community, but front office, but front office. Um, I, I just think they misstepped here immensely because they had an opportunity to mm-hmm. say, Nick could, Nick could stand there and say, okay, I can get these three first round picks wherever they were being. Maybe it was, Maybe it was Miami. Maybe it was the Jets. Maybe it was somebody. And I get a high draft pick. Take your there's your quarterback of the future. There's your opportunity. And we yep. have Tyrod Taylor, which would inevitably be replaced by the rookie quarterback because that's what happens to Tyrod. Happens poor Tyrod Taylor every time. No matter what. No matter what. Uh, no matter He's what like the good luck shock of quarterbacks. Um if you didn't see that movie, don't waste your time, but it's a reference is good. Well, the reference is on point. Um, I just think they misstepped completely on this one, and they could have. <clears throat> yep. They could have reset the franchise, which is what they needed to do. They needed to reset the franchise. They needed to reset the narrative. They needed to come in with a clean slate, and, and because David Cully went in there, and and after the conversations, Deshaun still wanted to move on. That should have been the moment that Nick and David said, "Okay, we we have to re." reorient which way we're going to go with this because it's not going to work out. And, and so we need to move on from him. We need to move on from David Johnson. We need to look at all our options and say, what else can we, we've already moved on from JJ Watt. So we might as well just start. Yeah. The one on guy they moved on from was the heart and soul of the franchise. Right. Yeah. And, and you just need to re- reassess what you guys are doing as a franchise. And I think they, uh, Nick had an opportunity to say, let's come in here. Let's do what, what Miami did. And essentially just said, let's reset everything. They moved on from Miami Tannehill. They brought in a veteran. They drafted a rookie. They're bringing They're moving players in and out. You know, Brian Flores is having those conversations. Say, you want to be here? No. Okay. Ryan, uh, not uh, Mika Fitzpatrick. Okay, move on. Laramie Tunsil, you want to be here? No. Okay, we're gonna move on. Yep. That, that's exactly what they should have done. Is, and you could have reset. You're not. 
You're not going to compete with the Titans right now. You're not going to compete with the Colts. At, at the time, they had Phillip Rivers. Carson Wentz might be, may not be. We'll see. I think in that, in that system he'll be better, but we'll see how good he actually is. Right. And, and obviously, Jacksonville's now off to a better start. Um, so I, I don't. I don't see why they just couldn't make that move at the time. And I understand they wanted to probably wait up till the draft, but as soon as that bomb dropped, I mean, they're, they're, so they got screwed a little bit, but they also had an opportunity to move them. And I think they should have. Yeah. As soon as, as soon as the first allegation came out and then they started pouring in everybody, everybody knew you're not moving this guy. Right. Because whoever, if it comes out, and I look, we don't know anything, but if it comes out that he didn't do anything, which is really, really hard to imagine with all of the details and allegations and charges. Uh, look, whether it's one or 30, one is one too many. So I'm not trying to downplay anything. It's not a case like Bauer where it's one person's word against another person's word. Nobody else has come forward as far as Bauer is concerned, as far as I know. Right. It's still one on one, um, which again, if he did it, doesn't make it okay. He's still an a right. hole, and he should still be punished for that. I'm not saying it's oh, it's okay if it's one, not at all, not remotely. Don't hear what I'm not saying. Um, but it's not like it's people coming out of the woodwork. And if this was a habit for Bauer, they would have by now, believe me. Um, and rightfully so, if he did it, rightfully so. Um, but. <laughs> We're talking about Watson, where it's like one person can forward, and then people are like, well, I went through this too, allegedly. So, okay, let's – we have all these people coming forward now. Now there's criminal charges. There's civil charges. There's a lot of stuff going on with Deshaun. Nobody was going to trade with him the minute that came out because every single thing that he is found guilty of is going to be painted as that's what your franchise traded for. Right. Nobody is going to do that. There's no way. So they had a chance, and I 100% agree with you. They had a chance to trade him before all this started. I'll give them the benefit of the doubt and say they didn't know about any of this. Uh, and then it comes out, and it's like, you know somebody came to them the minute, the minute. You probably had a GM calling within 10 minutes of it coming out and breaking that Sean Watson wanted to be traded, going, we'll give you this, we'll give you that. And they were like, oh, we're not trading him. We're not trading. We're not trading him. And after all the damage Bill O'Brien did by trading, God, how many draft picks? Just oh, ridiculous, terrible God. trades, terrible trades. Uh, you know, Tunsil, a top offensive lineman when they traded for him. Okay, maybe a young top offensive lineman, two first-round picks, I, I guess, if that's what you really need. Okay. Um, but the DeAndre Hopkins trade remains one of the more – one of the more baffling and head-scratching trades I can remember in a long time. And compound that with the previous Jadavian Clowney misstep of, I think it was a third or a second? Uh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I think yeah. I think it was a third and a fifth or a th- for like a couple. Yeah, it was it was not not market value. No. Uh, so, I mean, you had a chance to say, all right, well, we wanted this guy to be our future, but he's not. He's not going to be here. We can take one of these teams that's going to have a high draft pick. At that point, we knew the draft order. Right. One of these teams that's going to have a high draft pick, and we can say, okay, 
we're going to reset. We're going to trade for, I don't know, three firsts and a couple of seconds and maybe even a starting player. You could have you could have fleeced a team. You could have had a historic trade for this guy. The we're Jets talking would have been primed to be Oh my fleeced. god. Absolutely could have without a problem. Um so <laughs> we we I think we had a whole segment on that what yeah, they could have did. done. Yep. And now good luck. Honestly, it, it, I I would highly doubt any team's going to trade for him. And if they do, you're certainly not getting anywhere near your three first-round pick price tag. There's absolutely no way. So uh, the Texans, once again, uh, and look, what it, the accusations against them are the fault of the Texans. I'm not saying they should be blamed for it. <laughs> you know, the, what Deshaun does in his own time is, is Deshaun's fault and responsibility. Uh, but, I mean, I find it hard to believe if all these accusations are true, there wasn't whispers at least something maybe not i wasn't there i don't know but if there was and they didn't make a move when they could have god that's that's just like if they even had a speculation this guy was going to be a problem they could have moved him Whew. they didn't i mean good lord why don't you just hire bill o'brien back i mean you might as well because they they bungled this to no end and i i I just don't know how they can recoup because they're not going to get anything for him while this is hanging over. No. And we're, we're talking about let, – let's let's put this in perspective. 22 mm-hmm. civil allegations and now 10 police investigations. That's a lot. That's a lot for one person to, to, to handle. So was I was I wrong? Was I thought he had actually had uh, criminal charges placed against him? Has yes. he not yet? Oh, he has. Okay, good. Uh, I, okay. I think that while well, I put it as police investigations, I don't know one hundred percent if they're actually criminal charges yet. I just saw ten. Okay. You know, so uh, take take what I said with a yeah. Take what I said with a grain of salt. Then just not to cut you off. Sorry, just to clarify. I'm not trying to put words in anybody's mouth. I thought he had had criminal charges against him. So if I'm wrong on that, that's my fault. I will put it as police complaints. I think okay. that's what the term I saw. Um, but I'm not 100% sure if there are charges as of yet. So we can call them 10 police complaints uh, on him. And I think I think you've, you've lost any ability to trade him for anything of value. And you're probably not going to have him for this season. Oh, I'd be shocked. I'd be shocked. Um, I just, I just think you could have, you could have made this move and reset, reset the franchise because it's what you needed to do. You needed to reset the franchise because you knew the Jaguars were going to get Trevor Lawrence. You know what the Texans are, or not the Texans, uh, the Titans are. You saw what the Colts are doing. The Colts have one of the best defenses in the league. They have a great running game, and they're bringing in a. MVP candidate who has still upside, I will admit that, and could work in the system. And then um, them, the Texans, who are just on the downswing, and they were just hoping that one player, albeit a tremendous talent, could elevate them into the playoffs single-handedly, which is what he's been doing pretty much his entire career aside from having DeAndre Hopkins most except for one season. And they it's no fault on Nick Casario for the, the DeAndre Hopkins trade. No. But it is part of the equation. 
And I think he should have said, you know what? The, the, the benefits of having Deshaun are outweighed by the, the draft assets I was going to get and potential players I could get in, in a return and reform this team in the image that I see it coming in between him and David Culley. And I think that's, that's the route they should have taken. And I think we, we both hammered that point in initially when it came out and it's still, they're now in a worse position. Yeah. And just to clarify before we move on to our last topic, um, like we're simply covering this from the sports, the sports uh, standpoint and perspective, obviously, and if any of these allegations are true, the bigger issue here is that those acts actually occurred. Like we're not, we're not trying to downplay that by saying, Oh, they should have treated him even though he did this. We're just saying from the team standpoint, if they knew that if they saw smoke, they had to know fire was on the way and they could have moved them and they didn't. Uh, so that's dumb on their part to get rid of the headache to be like, yeah, we're not doing it. It's, it's like when the chiefs just cut Kareem hunt, it's like, yeah, this guy could help our franchise for the next 10 years, but we're not going to have nothing to do with this. Uh, but then they didn't make the same move with Ter- uh, Tyree kill. But they did have Tyree Kill on tape. No, that's what I'm saying. So there's, 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 there's proof. There's there's a, allegation and assumption. Yeah. And based on what I've seen, I think Tyree Kill definitely did something. But I mean, you straight up had uh, uh, Kareem Hunt in on video in the lobby of a hotel kicking someone in the head. Like you, you can't have that. Like he did it. It's right there. There's no there's no trial. There's no anything. It's like this just happened. So, hey, Chris, I think that there's an important piece to take from this as well. We, we're not going to erase the allegations, but let's set them aside. If it didn't happen, do you believe at this current moment Deshaun Watson would still be a Texan, a Houston Texan, yes or no? Oh, if this hadn't happened, no. No. You don't think he'd be gone already? He'd be gone. See? I think it was I, ju- trade rumors were just starting to heat up as this, all this came out, and he was going to Miami, he was going to New York, he was going here, the Patriots were calling – which I didn't really necessarily believe they didn't have the draft capital to get him. But I, I don't believe if it wasn't for these allegations, he'd still be in Houston. There's no okay. way. There's no I, way. I don't know. I can't. Just just I my opinion. Just my opinion. So I, I believe David Culley and Nick Cassero will be smart enough before the draft to trade him with these allegations not there. Um, I don't know if I'm convinced right now that they would have made that move because it seemed like they were – I understand, oh, they've been, you know, he's been on the market for a while. They've been trying to move him. I don't know how true that is. And yeah, I don't know knows, if yeah. that's that's insiders trying to stoke a fire for the Texans or what have you. But, but we can't set him aside. We have to – that has to be part of the context that – Oh, of course. He has these allegations. And if they're true, if even one's true – all this is uh, a moot point because he, he's pretty much, I mean, I know Michael Vick came back from his uh, dogfighting uh, incarceration. I don't know. I don't know who you're talking about. Who's that guy? Michael Vick. I never heard of him. Okay. Well, I've heard of him and I don't think Deshaun Watson can come back from. No, 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 this no, 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 no. kind no, of because no. it's it is a lot there, and I don't know if he comes back from this at all. So yeah, like I said, there's 22 allegations against them right now. If even one's true, it's one too many. 
and it's not a matter of like, oh well, if it's only if it's only five or six, you're okay. <laughs> like if it's one, it's too, one too many. So and, and the yeah. civil the civil uh, allegations are just going to be money. But if you're a team that wants to trade for him, you have to put that in the factor that he it, now yeah. has. Yeah, that's still an NFL conduct code violation, and and, and Emperor Roger oh. will oh. will have. We're not even going to get into right now. We're going to let it unfold a little bit, but all the stuff with the whole new league COVID protocol and players threatening to retire because they're not going to get vaccinated. Uh, but that, that, that we will be discussing that in the future as it unfolds, but all right, let's, uh, move on to our, our, our weekly as the Packers turn, uh, or do you have anything else on that? Deshaun Watson? No, 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 no. Okay. I think we've, we've um, we're not going to get deep on this. We've discussed Aaron Rodgers enough. And I do want to put one thing into perspective here. Sure. Uh, I, I, I look, I, I think Aaron Rodgers is a bit of a crybaby. Uh, tremendous player. I mean, super talented. You cannot deny that. The man has MVP awards, and, you know, he does have six Super Bowls fewer than Tom Brady. Uh, so I'm not quite sure how he's better, but that's just funny math. Um, but I, I am very hard on him because I, I don't I don't see him as the great team leader and player. I think he's a crybaby, and, and when everything's going great, he wants the credit, and when everything goes downhill, he wants to find someone to blame. Uh, just to put it in perspective, though, uh, Aaron Rodgers does not have any sexual assault allegations against him. True. Uh, Aaron Rodgers is just a, seems like a bit of a diva, a difficult person to deal with, but he's not hurting anybody. He's frustrating a lot of people, but he's not harming anybody. So when you have things about Trevor Bauer and his allegations and, and Deshaun Watson and his allegations, I just want to put it, let everybody understand, uh, when I do criticize Aaron Rodgers, it is with a much different microscope. It's not under the, the guise of being a bad human being. It's just being a bit of a whiner and a crybaby. Uh, but that does not make you a bad person because people still apparently just love this guy to death. Um, and I enjoy watching him play. He's talented. On the field, I like watching him. I just hate the nonsense off the field. But I uh, just wanted to clarify that. He is not by any means in the same, the same category. Um, but... <laughs> Remember, you sent me a text earlier in the week that Aaron Rodgers is expected to retire because he cannot apparently come to terms with the Packers as they didn't apparently give him enough weapons, even though he has a top running back and a top young running back and A.J. Dillon and fantastic receivers and arguably the best receiver in the game and a pretty decent defense, and but he has no weapons. Okay, whatever. Then, as of yesterday, nope, scratch that. He's going to play now. Uh, Devontae Adams, his number one receiver, uh, it came out that they were not close to an extension and they were going to shut down talks, uh, because apparently Devontae is attached at the hip to Aaron Rodgers and cannot play anywhere else. He's got the whole Gronkowski Brady syndrome, uh, which by the way, I was hard on Gronk for too. So I'm being consistent. And <laughs> this is just n now that Rodgers says he might play again. You sent me something yesterday saying, is this real? And it was a clip from uh, who? Who was it who reported it? Was it Trey Wingo? Yeah. Or was it Schefter saying that he'll only he'll only return to Green Bay if they trade for Randall Cobb, which is so random. With a ticket receiver, he had what five, six, seven years ago, who had a couple right. of good seasons with him. He wants him back. He wants Devontae Adams back. He wants he wants everything. He wants Jerry Rice out of retirement. Uh, uh you know, <laughs> and uh, first of all. 
I got back to you and I was like, well, if I'm the team, I believe it's the Texans. Randall Cobb plays for Texans, I believe. I believe if so. I'm, if I'm the Texans, I say, oh, this is just this is the qualifier for you getting Rodgers back. I want a first round pick. I don't care if Randall Cobb is worth a sixth. I want a first round pick, and that's, that's it. That's fair. That's fair. You fleece them for everything you can. If that if they're going to come to you saying, well, we really want him, well, you're going to pay for it. Take take uh, opportunities when they yeah. Knock. Supply and demand. Supply and demand. Um, and again, we don't have. I don't have a ton on this. It's just it. it more it's 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 more just i believe rogers is sending mixed signals because that's what rogers does rogers say everything's okay and then he'll leak to all his little friends in the media all of his little birds all these things he's not happy about and they'll slowly leak out and then it's oh rogers wants this rogers wants that it's just what he does we've discussed that before immensely talented on the field but he's a drama queen do you want the the reported stipulations for him to arrive? Sure. Which by the way, which by the way, as of 10, 10 23 a.m., uh, there is a confirmed sighting of Aaron Rodgers at Green Bay Packers training camp. Uh, it, it is a verified account. I don't remember what it, when it was, but so here is some stipulations: the twenty twenty three year in an Aaron Rodgers contract. The last one in his current deal would be voided with no tags allowed in the future. Sound familiar? Tom Brady? Yep. Uh, the Packers would agree to review Rodgers' situation at the end of the season. Uh, Rodgers' contract would be adjusted with no loss of income to give the Packers more cap room now. The mechanism will be put in place to address Aaron Rodgers' issues with the team. Wow. That's just... That so is, that yeah. is just coalescing. So so the interest I find the interesting one is the last one, the issues with the team. Does that mean at the end of the season, Jordan Love is traded? Uh, I think I think that's the issue. That's I don't know, man, because if, if he's saying his last year is voided, twenty twenty three, he's going to see the writing on the wall too, and no that he's not there long term. Well, I don't you know what mate, I don't even know. I don't just, this is the problem with this guy is like even if he gets all this stuff, right. 10 minutes after he gets to camp, he's going to be unhappy about something else. Cuz you know, maybe Randall Cobb hasn't been traded for yet. Or maybe they have the wrong color Gatorade in the in the damn dispenser. It's possible. It, like, oh my god, I can't work under these conditions. This is an unsafe work environment. I need blue Gatorade, not red. I'm going home again. And then he's gonna have to in his con. Green Bay's gonna put in his contract. He only has red Gatorade. They're gonna give him a friggin' rider like they do a rock band in a, in a backstage area. It's immensely talented on the field. Uh, it's a total clown in the media and off the field. I can't. I don't even know anymore, man. Uh, like I said, unless you have something else, I'm I'm okay with this. Um, I, I just think that yeah. The as soon as you drafted Jordan Love and you started seeing tricklings of his unhappiness yep. with that pick. You should have started making moves to trade him away. I understand you would have taken a step back as a franchise, but investing in Aaron Jones, and I understand what it would have done for uh, Devontae Adams. Okay, I understand that point, but you needed to make, again, this is the same thing. As a franchise, as a whole, for your future, for your fan base, for the players as a whole, what is the correct decision to move forward? And that may have been to trade Deshaun Watson. That may have been to trade Aaron Rodgers. And I understand it's a bit callous. 
and it but i think no it's business it's business and that's what the nfl is it's all about money and then when it comes down to a money decision everyone's like oh how can i not be loyal because aaron Rodgers wasn't loyal he straight up i want to be traded because i'm not getting what i want Deshaun Watson. I love the city of Houston. The minute that people didn't run everything by him, whether they agreed to it or not, I want to be traded. It's like, this is a business. Like, yeah, you and I were both frustrated with Tom Brady when he left, but at the end of the day, he wasn't going to get the money he, 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 that, you know, saying when it's that much money to deserve, whatever is, is, is seems a little crazy, but he wasn't going to get 25 million a year that he got from Tampa Bay. And to be honest with you, he probably could have gotten 40 or more from another team. If he decided to go somewhere else, he wanted to go to Tampa to compete. We were frustrated with him, but it's a business decision. He did 20 years in New England and 20 great years. We got to watch him play, and I wish he was still there, although I'm excited about Mac Jones. Um, I wish he was still there, but he's not, and like he made a business decision. He decided to move on because he wanted to prove he could do it on his own. Okay. He didn't raise a big stink about it. He made a couple of comments after he left, which, you know, I was a little butthurt because he left, so I was taking him out of context and blowing him out of proportion. But at the end of the day, he wasn't, like, running everybody down. He just said what he felt happened. Rodgers will consistently run this team down. He chased Mike McCarthy, Super Bowl winning coach, out of of Green Bay. Was fine all these years. And Rodgers has a down year, and all of a sudden it's Mike McCarthy's fault. Okay. Nothing's ever Aaron's fault. Ever. I I, I just think if you look at it, Chris, um... I think if you look at it, Tom Brady's issues were with mostly with uh, Bill Belichick and some part um, Robert Kraft. Other than that, no one else he probably had an issue with. You know, the doesn't seem base, like it. Yeah, it doesn't seem like base it. Fan base appreciate what he did, and I think still love him. Right, still love him. And then there's fans who followed Tampa Bay for a season or two, uh, which. That was not me. Uh, I will continue to support the Patriots, even though I appreciate what Tom's done. And uh, I like you were a little salty when he left and a little bit what he did. But all in all, I mean, if I could have had an opportunity to watch the Super Bowl, I would have watched the Super Bowl and, and cheered for Tom because in the end, um, his legacy will always be attached to New England. He is the reason why I believe at this point, 51% of the reason why the Patriots are where they're at is Tom. 49% is is Bill. And there's always discussion about which way to go with that. Right. But I think Aaron, the Green Bay Packers can be successful without Aaron Rodgers because they were before. Uh, they made a, a hard decision with Brett Favre, rightfully so. And I think the, the difference is, I don't remember who the GM was at the time, but he made a, a shrewd business decision. He said, okay, we're done. We're moving on to Aaron Rodgers. Here's, you know, some context in the trade that you can't move him to Minnesota. But here you go, New York. Here's Brett Favre. They could have made that same decision, and they didn't. And now they're, they're going to have to pay for it. Because at some point, it's clear Devontae Adams is going to, is going to do what Gronk did. He's going to... He's gonna move on. He's gonna move where Aaron is. Well, now he and says it, he's open to an extension. That Rogers going back. Now, he, now, now he's he open to an extension. But where does that extension line up to? Because if Rogers' contract voids after the uh, after the twenty twenty two season, 
where is that going to put him? And are they going to have to hitch their wagon to Aaron Rodgers for three plus more seasons after that? Which means, yeah, now you trade Jordan Love. You have to trade Jordan Love. You have no well, choice. Yeah. I, I, maybe not this season, but next season, the season after that. Well, if they're going to pick up the fifth year option, they're going to have to find out something this year. So and, it, and it remains to be to, seen. And they're going to have to get they have to drum up some value out of him. Otherwise, you're not going to get a return on investment. Well, find out next week. I'm sure we'll have more on as the Packers turn. Yes. Uh, but as for this episode, that is going to do it. Unless you got anything else, you good? I do have an update. Uh, okay. As of 35 minutes ago, the University of Texas and the University of Oklahoma have formally asked for invites to the SEC. Wow. Starting 2025. Okay. Well, we will definitely have more on that next week. That is for sure. <laughs> Uh, as long as it's more new stuff, not just rehashing. Right. But that will do it for this episode. Thank you so much for listening. If you have any questions for Ben or I on anything you heard on this episode, past episodes, or anything sports-related at all, we'd love to hear from you. And where can they get in touch with us? Well, you can hit us up on Twitter. That's at BCTSPod. Facebook, Ben and Chris Talk Sports. Or the website, BCTSPod.com. All right. Thank you once again, ladies and gentlemen, for the support. We ask that if you have not done so yet and you feel so inclined, please go to wherever you download your favorite podcast. Leave a rating and a review and subscribe if you haven't. Uh, But if you're listening to this, you probably have. Maybe even tell a friend if you have any. I have a couple. They already know. But maybe you have some that don't know. So we'd appreciate the support and spreading the word. For Ben, I am Chris. Please stay safe, stay healthy. We will see you right back here next Wednesday. Thank you.